Well, the Sunday is the last Sunday of Reformation Month, uh, and uh, we're going to focus our thoughts this morning on somebody who is really a, a major player in the English Reformation, Richard Baxter. Baxter lived for the last two-thirds of the English Reformation. From, from 1650 to 1691, uh, Baxter's long life pretty much encompassed the heart of Puritanism in England. He is referred to as the standard bearer of the English Puritans. The Puritans were a group of young, educated, progressive, forward-thinking um, men and women who desired to bring every area of their life under the authority of the word of God. They, they wanted first their personal life to be controlled and guided by the word of God and their families and the church and society. And because everything they, they desired to see brought under the authority and instruction of God's word, they were called Puritans because they were purely committed to the scriptures. Now, you might wonder, uh, you know, why we would take the time to look at somebody like Richard Baxter, a, um, a Puritan guy who lived a long time ago um, in a different culture at a different time amongst a group that's kind of uh, scoffed at and hated today. The answer is that Baxter teaches us important lessons about culture, about how to impact the world for Christ, and really gives us great lessons that a lot of people don't even know because uh, the world, not wanting to give credit to the Puritans at all, hides these things from most people in the public uh, school system. Do you ever look around in our world and, and wonder just if things are going to get worse? It just seems so terrible. You might wonder... You know, I wonder if if we could like reel things backwards. You know, do you think society's going to get better? Um, do you think that we're able to restore California to a conservative, God honoring state? Or or can you imagine the United States as as a country taking a stand against pornography and and abortion and fornication and adultery and homosexuality and drunkenness and lying? I mean, could you imagine our country taking a stand against all those things? Can you imagine a country where honor and integrity and uh, manliness among men and femininity among uh, women, where uh, families practice biblical roles and husbands love their wives and wives love their husbands and they train their children in the fear and admonition of the Lord? Well, if you can't imagine that, then you need to learn some things from Richard Baxter because this is exactly what he did. Richard Baxter grew up in times that were either equally evil or worse than ours today. Baxter, like the apostles in the first century, turned the world upside down with his preaching. He was not pessimistic about evil times. In fact, he was so convinced of the authority and sufficiency of the gospel and the word of God preached that he knew and believed with all his heart and demonstrated with his actions that you could go into a society and totally transform it for the glory of God. He suffered greatly on all sides as a Puritan. Even today, the Puritans are really the scum of history. They are slandered, they're degraded, they're uh, just 
used as really a derogatory term, but in reality, we owe much to the Puritans. Baxter lived through some amazing times. He lived, lived through the great plague of London, which uh, was in 1665. That plague continued on into 1666, and the Puritans were all praying that God would stop it because by that time, some 78,000 people had died of the plague. As a cure, God brought on uh, the great fire of London in 1666, which swept through London, uh, burning up some 13,000 houses and 89 churches, and it also put an end to the plague. Baxter lived through the time of the Westminster Assembly uh, that crafted some of the greatest doctrinal statements and catechisms that, in, in the history of the church. He lived during the times of political unrest where uh, Charles I was executed and a, and a commonwealth was established by the military dictator Oliver Cromwell and that later on after Cromwell's death, the monarchy was restored again. As far as religious trials, Baxter lived and was one of the, the ministers who was kicked out of their pulpit for not wanting to conform to unbiblical practices pressed upon the churches by the government. This is called the Act of Uniformity or the Great Ejection where 2,000 faithful Puritan pastors were kicked out of their pulpits because they wouldn't do what was unbiblical in church. During all these monumental events, the church was declining on many fronts. Biblical preaching was mocked at and rejected as Calvinistic and the faithful preachers in the Church of England were persecuted and degraded and just really ignored as people who are just close to lunatics. Ungodly bishops and leaders in the church were promoted. Preaching and lecturing uh, about the Bible were being set aside and replaced by ceremonies and, and elaborate candlesticks and crosses and flashy robes and hats and stabs that um, the clergy used. The communion table was set aside and it was people, people started calling it the altar to follow after the Roman Catholic mass, which uh, says that Christ is sacrificed every time mass is committed. The persecution under um, these times was heavy, and one of the great villains at this time was one Archbishop Laud. He was supposedly uh, an Anglican or Church of England uh, Archbishop, but secretly tried to move the Church of England towards Roman Catholicism. He would promote those who were the most ritualistic and more ceremonially oriented, and he would would then drive away and 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 really uh, cause hardship on all the faithful preachers of the word, driving some of them to America, who became a blessing to us here. And under the persecution of Laud, uh, things escalated. One one man, uh, just to give you an example, who criticized his son. Now, his son happened to be a uh, a bishop, and so he was the father, criticized his son um, for being too ritualistic. And what followed was, is that poor man was thrown into prison. His right ear was cut off, his nose was slit, and he was branded on the cheek after being whipped. In prison, he suffered without medical treatment for several weeks, and then he was whipped again. His other ear was cut off, he was branded on the other cheek before being released. To take a stand for Christ during that time, the time of Baxter, was to take 
your life into your own hands. Yet in the midst of civil war and plague and fire and political unrest and persecution and opposition and reformation and apostasy, Richard Baxter made his impact so forcefully upon England and the world that it really staggers the imagination. When Baxter was ordained, he had never gone to a university. He was self-taught, taught himself Hebrew and Greek, and educated himself in the classics until he was really a scholar in his own right. He was a diligent student, he was driven, he was methodical, and he was faithful and highly organized. In 1638, he began his ministry by pastoring the upper church in Dudley for a year. And from there, he went to Bridge North, where he pastored for another two years. And finally, he went to a small and very corrupt town called Kidderminster. When he arrived at Kidderminster, he found it a dark, ignorant, immoral, irreligious place with about 3,000 people in the town in the outlying area. Dr. Bates, a contemporary of Baxter, said, quote, This place before his coming was like a piece of dry, barren earth, but by the blessing of heaven upon his labor, the face of paradise appeared there. The bad were changed to good and the good to better. Baxter had about 600 people in his parish, but after interviewing each and every one of them, discovered that only 12 of them knew the Lord. The rest were unconverted. The foundation of his shepherding lay in his ability to preach in a clear, engaging, convincing, and practical way. Baxter himself said, quote, It must be a serious preaching which will make men serious in hearing and obeying, end quote. He also said that every time he went into the pulpit, quote, I preach as though I should never preach again as dying man to dying men. He was a very earnest preacher. The church at Kidderminster grew so rapidly at first that five additional galleries had to be added onto the church just to fit all the people. One biographer said that so many people attended his preaching at times that it was really dangerous to attend because he drew so much attention to himself. People were fear, fearful of being persecuted by the government. Not only that, they said there were so many people who gathered that if you got there late, you couldn't hear him because the crowds were so large. People were so enraged at one, uh, or so, so engaged that at one time a brick fell from the wall and when it hit the floor it made a start and people thought it was the judgment of God. They began to repent and cry out in tears for God to forgive them and some of them ran for the door thinking that the judgment of God was upon them. Baxter, after believing, uh, 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 one of the, um, uh, Baxter, after um, exposing one of the flaws of the Roman Catholic Church, that flaw was that the Roman Catholic priest had never shepherd, shepherded anybody, thought that he would then look at the scriptures, see what the scriptures said about shepherding, and develop a system to faithfully shepherd each and every person in his congregation. And this he did with incredible tenacity. Every year, each member of the congregation would be met with twice. During those times, they would be asked about their walk with the Lord, about their devotions, any sins they were struggling with. They would be catechized or taught a lesson. Prayer requests would be taken down, which he would faithfully pray for all year. So all week long, he would be meeting with one or two people or one or two families every single day so that he could 
keep personally in contact with every single person in his congregation. The results of his shepherding efforts were mind-boggling. At the end of 14 years of being at Kidderminster, the entire town and surrounding area was transformed. Sunday was a highly venerated day and most people did nothing but worship God all day long because of his efforts at preaching, teaching and catechizing the people. He said that on his departure, quote, you might have heard a hundred families singing psalms and repeating sermons as you pass through the streets. He said that there was hardly a single household in all the town where at least one person was not converted. Some of the poor people were so well taught and versed in theology that he said they could pretty much debate with any theologian on any matter of religion. But in 1960, though, Baxter's health became so poor that he had to leave Kidderminster. As his health declined from his diligent labors and trying to shepherd the entire city on his own, Um, There was a couple occasions where he preached and he almost died in the pulpit or died just after preaching because he exerted himself while being in, in, in a sickly state. In 1662, he was among the 2,000 ministers who were ejected from their pulpits. He left Kidderminster and became one of the the king's chaplains. But then, because he wouldn't conform to the unbiblical practices being forced upon um, the Church of England, he was kicked out of his pulpit along with 2,000 others. But then, it was undaunted and began to write. He began to write... incredible volumes of huge mass and the providence of god it was also at that time that he met his wife and he stayed married to that woman and loved her deeply for 19 years before the lord took her home that death so moved him that he wrote one of the classic works of all time a grief sanctified which is still in print today after many many editions among his other works are the saints' everlasting rest, the reformed pastor, the call to the unconverted, which is a small book, which is really one of the first evangelistic tracts that sold over 20,000 copies in the first year. Baxter was one of the foremost Puritans who helped bring things to our society like civil liberty, public education, a composite society, religious freedom. A lot of the things that we enjoy here in America, we enjoy because of the efforts of Baxter and other men like him. We might rightly call Baxter the the father of shepherdology. His book, The Reformed Pastor, details how a pastor can shepherd his congregation. We might rightly refer to him as the general of biblical counseling too. As he shepherded those people, he would study their problems, search the scriptures, find solutions, and he wrote this magnum opus life work. Almost a thousand pages, large pages of very fine print of biblical counseling instruction. The indexes alone are staggering as he categorized every kind of sin you could think of into groups and categories, then searched the scriptures, found the solutions, and gave specific steps for people to overcome those sins. And so as we look at at Baxter and we look at his heritage, we see that he was a man who, though only one man and only one man uh, for many years in a small town, really impacted all of England and his works then spread over the globe. They're still being all printed today after many, many, many printing and are still affecting Christians today. And so as we finish this year's Reformation Month, may we remember John Wycliffe the first man 
who translated significant portions of the Bible into the English language so that people like us could understand the word of God and read it for ourselves. Let us remember William Tyndale, who was burned at the stake because he wanted an easy, readable, and accurate translation to be put in the hands of the people. Let's remember Thomas Cramner, that faithful architect of the Church of England, the 39 Articles, the Common Book of Prayer, who also gave his life in an effort to bring the truth of God and Reformation teaching and Protestant teachings to the people of England. And may we never forget Richard Baxter, the father of shepherdology, the general of biblical counseling, who left to us a great heritage of what it means to be a faithful pastor and biblical counselor.